Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Natrepreneur Movement. Today I'm excited to talk to uh, a prac for prax, uh, um, somebody who has been in the midst of all of the Victorian uh, craziness that we've had and experienced this past year. Obviously it's been amplified in Victoria and someone who's been on the pulse of uh, what pracs have actually been going through um, both from a business perspective, an emotional perspective, and what they've been dealing with with their clients. Uh, she's been at the forefront of that, and uh, it's a wonderful thing to be able to talk to Louisa from Bioconcepts uh, today. How are you? Hi, Tammy. Good, thank you. How are you? Really good. And uh, you guys are just coming out, fingers crossed, of a, um, a lockdown, a snap lockdown again, uh, your circuit breaker. Um, what was it like uh, having to go back in just this past week? Uh, I think um, on the one hand, five days for us after what we'd been through last year was, um, you know, to, the, to a certain degree, that's kind of a piece of cake. Um, I think the only thing that's a little bit challenging to deal with is the uncertainty of knowing um, exactly what's going to happen um, like tomorrow. So it is very difficult for people to kind of plan their lives, plan their businesses. Um, I know even practitioners that I've spoken to this week, you know, they don't know what they can do tomorrow or what they can't do tomorrow. Um, and it was the same on Friday, you know, the fact that it did um, occur uh, very quickly. It was a very kind of quick snap decision. So then everybody's scrambling to organise themselves for the coming week and the coming days. So that on that uh, that perspective, it's a little bit challenging, but then at the same time, you know, five days, as you said, fingers crossed that it is just these five days and it's all looking pretty positive. Um, then, you know, for us, that's that's pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. So in the before times, <laughs> I like to call them, in the before times, what was your role um, uh, at the beginning of, say, last year and how did you connect with uh, practitioners back then? So pre um, all the lockdown, pre the yeah. restriction. Yeah. Um, so for me, in my role as a practitioner consultant, um, it's really about going and um, uh, seeing practitioners face to face, usually in their clinics. Um, obviously, some you know phone support where needed um, as well, but predominantly um, you know face to face, in person, seeing people in clinics, supporting them in their clinics. Um, and being able to have those conversations face to face and, you know, talking about cases, obviously talking about what we've got, got going on as a company and all of our education and new product development. Um, but, you know, it is a very interactive face to face. I'm usually on the road driving to different areas um, and seeing people in that way. So things change. And it kind of looks like you really loved that too. Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, I loved being going, being out and about. I love seeing people face to face, but also driving to different areas. You know, I think that was one of the things when, you know, we did have a brief period in June, um, like literally about four weeks, I think it was maybe four or five weeks um, where we had come out of the initial lockdown and just being able to drive to different areas, um, you know, and see people face to face was you know, you just realise how much you do enjoy that and also how much not being able to do that does impact you. So 
that was the before times when you used to be able to connect with everybody in person and catch up for coffees and catch up for um, make sure that everybody knew all about. And um, and what I've seen of you guys this past year is uh, you've really uh, stepped up in the education space. It's been an incredible shift uh, to see that online education for bioconcepts. And uh, it's been really cool to be able to access that. What else has changed for you in your role? Uh, so absolutely. I think having our monthly clinical concepts live has been great, being able to access that on demand in more recent times. Um, you know, online education is really important. Um, I think for me being able to do my job, I, we're fortunate that this has happened now, I think, as opposed to, you know, even five years ago, let alone 10 years ago, that we do, we can connect via Zoom um, or phone if people prefer. Um, I think all of us kind of um, did do get to a degree of a little bit of online fatigue. Um, you know, for me personally, I'm not used to sitting in front of a computer all day. Um, and I think even for practitioners, you know, they're accustomed to sitting in front of patients, um, you know, but not necessarily in front of a screen all day, every day. Um, so I think in, on the one hand, we're very fortunate that we do have the capacity to still connect with people, whether it's um, on a you know professional level or personal level um, through all these online platforms. Um, so certainly using Zoom, and we were already using Zoom in our business anyway. So, um, you know, using that platform as well as phone, email, contact, et cetera, even posting. Like for me, I was posting a lot more materials than I usually would or have head office post um, materials um, just to make sure, even though we're trying to go as paperless as possible um, and that's the ideal and that's the, the goal, um, it's still uh, everybody likes to have, you know, hard copies of materials and being able to look at them. We have some great charts which are great to have in hard copies. So certainly also posting a lot more materials than I ordinarily would because I can't go and hand deliver them. Yeah, I've been really good friends with our postal manager, local postal yeah. manager as well. <laughs> yeah, one of the businesses that has done extremely well out of, out of this. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you're on the coalface. You uh, speak to lots of practitioners. And given that you're right in the midst of Victoria, um, what was it like uh, when you were speaking to practitioners? What were they actually going through? Because the rest of us, uh, you know, uh, we've been very blessed and um, and feel a dash guilty about it, but we haven't had the, that uh, that similar world. And I'd love to hear from your perspective what it was like on the inside. Yeah, it certainly was different. And I think, um, uh, yeah, what we went through here in Victoria was uh, unique to the rest of the country. Um, you know, there were quite a few things. I think, again, I think having these online platforms was a blessing, you know, going back five years ago in our industry, um, doing telehealth online consultations, phone consultations was to a degree um, not really accepted. Um, you know, even the associations didn't allow it. Um, and, you know, in more recent times, they've sort of stepped up as, you know, things change, the world evolves, you know, the uh, technology has sort of forced the world to evolve. Online consultations is a much more accepted um, method of, of doing the work that we do. What I found interesting was, um, I think also for us in Victoria, there was a difference between the initial stage three and then also the subsequent stage four. Um, through stage three, practitioners were um, able to um, maintain face-to-face -face consultations, which was really great, and that made it life quite easy. Um, and then in stage four, that wasn't um, possible for most practitioners. 
Um, I think one of the challenges practitioners faced was at the initial stages of um, their restrictions of working out, trying to find out from their associations and from the government what they can, could and couldn't do. So that in the initial phases was, I guess, a challenge that they faced. Um, and then working out what that meant for their business. So like I said, stage four is probably a little bit more significant because that was where they weren't able to, we had the five kilometre radius. So if they lived further than five kilometres from their clinic, they may not have been able to continue um, physically going there and certainly not being able to see patients face to face. So I know initially some practitioners thought they were just going to have to close their business for stage four and not be able to operate. But what I found interesting was um, those, uh, a lot of those practitioners actually found quite quickly that they could adapt their businesses. Um, you know, some of them had to move their dispensaries to their home so that they could post products from their home um, rather than their clinic. Um, and they were quickly able to adapt to, you know, telehealth and phone consultations where they probably thought, you know, consulting the way they consult that they weren't able to do that. And I think most um, found that they could. And actually on the positive um, note, they often found that it was actually quite convenient and quite easy to do that. And coming back sort of towards the end of last year, um, you know, some practitioners have said that, you know, up to 50% of their business has continued to be online and through telehealth. And that's just a choice of the um, patients, even patients who initially may have been a little bit resistant, but then eventually were like, well, I have to see you, you know, as time went on, um, they found they did need that support from their practitioners and were really seeking that out um, and found that they couldn't wait to do face-to-face -face again. Um, and they found that it was convenient not to have to drive to their practitioners. You know, we know patients do sometimes drive quite a long way to see their practitioners. Um, so not having to do that and saving that time and still being able to get the support that they need, for some patients, they found that actually quite convenient as well. Yeah, a lot of the practitioners in our community have been talking a lot about uh, it, it. Initially, it felt like an either or situation, like uh, we're either going to have to, you know, shut the doors because we can't see anybody or we have to go purely online. But now in this kind of after, um, th there's this there's this new layer, there's this new option for those people who live a little bit further away or who are busy. And um, yeah, I think it's an, an amazing addition to people's practices. Absolutely. And I think a lot of practitioners were already doing, or a lot, not all, but a lot of practitioners were already doing some degree of um, online or phone consultations to cater for patients that do live far away but this has sort of just accelerated that and also um, really I guess opened up that option to both practitioners and patients um, and I did find also a lot of practitioners a lot of the biggest sort of clinics with a number of different practitioners working for them um, that have a lot of systems and processes in place where um, we're in a really good position when stage four hit to just go okay we know from the first round of stage three what we were doing and we were ready for this. So they were ready to just um, transition back to doing online um, consultations and it all just flowed um, relatively easy. So I think the highlighting the importance of those processes and procedures was really important. Um, but for a lot of clinics, it did also result in a lot more admin and background work um, uh, as compared with the normal way that they run their clinic. So for some, it did create a lot more work 
Um, and I think the other thing that um, impacted a lot of practitioners um, and particularly the very busy practitioners was they didn't have their breaks where they would normally schedule breaks throughout the year. Um, a lot weren't able to take those breaks um, either just because they were, they were really busy or we couldn't go anywhere, we couldn't do anything. So the, I guess the motivation to have a break was a little bit less. <laughs> Um, and that had a huge impact. I think that's what really contributed to the stress and the, the burnout um, and the anxiety as, that, as the year sort of progressed. Yeah, yeah. There is that level of pressure cooker feeling when uh, you kind of max out on the amount of clients that you see and then you really look forward to, you have that positive anticipation in, in positive psychology. We talk about positive anticipation for something uh, that's in the future that you can work towards. And generally for practitioners, it's a little trip away to bring that pressure cooker down and relieve that pressure valve. But uh, not having that means that it does build up and build up. And uh, that can be, you know, we thought burnout was rampant in our profession before, but under those types of conditions uh, where there isn't an alleviation of that, it can really uh, kind of um, put that stress on. Now you've talked about the stress of, uh, possibly shutting down business. Then you've talked about the stress of what it looks like for more admin and uh, more systems in place for a lot of those that were a little bit behind. You talked about the pressure of having to learn new technologies for uh, different practitioners who weren't quite on board uh, as they went into stage four. Is there any other uh, stresses, um, mental, emotional, that you heard from practitioners uh, either last year or um, just into this uh, new little short circuit breaker that you guys have had recently? Um, other stresses? Yeah. Um, oh, I think, um, you know, I think going into stage four uh, last year and even this year and with the circuit breaker, there's still a level of uncertainty. Um, and I think that does create um, a degree of stress for a lot of people. Um I think that, um, you know, for the established practitioners, um, you know, being able to just keep doing what they're doing, I think is really um, important for them. Um, you know, it, I think it's caused everybody to re really reassess what's important to them, both on a personal and professional level, um, and look at how they can do things, um, you know, differently. And I think also in Victoria, a lot of people have moved either regionally and I've, I know a lot of people have actually moved into state as well which I think is um, is quite interesting so people are just really reassessing their lifestyles um, both from a personal and professional level mm. and about burnout and I think that's really you know made people reassess their priorities um, their priorities and so what else have you found that's helped you do you were describing um, practitioners who'd been in for quite some time that already had systems in place that helped uh, you were discussing that um, having the that reassessment of priorities helped have you seen other things that have been helping either newbie practitioners or um, practitioners who um, you know were, were having a little bit of a struggle but you've seen them do quite well afterwards um well, again, I think the capacity to be able to do online consultations is a huge help. Um, and I think the online platforms, you know, Facebook, Instagram, I think a lot of the newer practitioners are really, and the younger practitioners perhaps as well, um, are using platforms like Instagram to be able to connect um, with people and to be able to connect with um, potential, um, you know, patients and clients. Um, I think also having the ability to do a lot of it online education 
you know, and we offer a lot of, um, you know, uh, free, <laughs> for want of a better term, you know, we don't have to pay for um, the education, but also upping the ante on all of the um, online resources available. So, um, you know, we are in a digital world now, so websites have to, um, you know, I can only talk from a bioconcepts perspective, but, you know, always looking to evolve our education centre and our website, um, our online education platforms to have a lot available to new practitioners, both resources, patient materials, um, and also education that's available to them to be able to um, really get their businesses going, but also to maintain their education um, once they're out of college. Yeah, and if there are practitioners listening, uh, you know, getting on bioconcepts lists and and every week they send out what their what their things are for the week. It's a great great option when it comes to keeping up with what's uh, happening out there, um, and they've got. Uh, both business and clinical and all sorts of tips and tricks when it comes to what's actually happening newsworthy stuff as well you know as soon as the immunity stuff started kicking in last year you guys were up and straight away with uh, what could help uh, on on the forefront you know as a practitioner not just as an academic or a business owner and I think actually the Facebook pages are brilliant as well we put out some that's a you know uh, we've we do email, as you said, all of our latest education materials, and but people get a lot of emails as well. So it's um, it can be challenging to keep on top of all of that, but certainly keep your eyes open and subscribe to the emails. But our Facebook pages are brilliant. The Michael Seeky Facebook page, the Bioconcepts Facebook page is a really good, easy way to get the latest information, the latest research, a lot of tips and tricks. And also I often recommend to practitioners as well, to, you know, utilise what we um, post on Facebook. You know, they need, that's another element of their businesses that they um, either do or feel like they need to work um, a little bit more on. And it's such an important part, I guess, of everybody's business these days. But you don't necessarily always need to reinvent the wheel. Like, you know, utilise what's already out there um, for your own, um, you know, Facebook pages, et cetera. And what do you think is the future now? You know, we couldn't have picked this at this time last year. We uh, we were only a matter of weeks away from ah oh, a really different world. But um, what have you seen in this past year, uh, whether it's through Bioconcepts and um, the team there, or uh, what it's like uh, being with other practitioners? What is it that we could use moving forward? What I heard from you before is um, making sure that we've got systems in place for online consults, making sure we're up to speed with uh, keeping up our education and accessing the things that are essentially free to us and um, making sure that we've got the, the ability to leverage off social media and um, know that we, we can confidently leverage off social media because it's a, a great uh, research-based um, and, and beautifully put together <laughs> series of things to be able to use. What else uh, can we use moving forward? Um, I think that what this has kind of created in um, our industry, but also just generally, particularly in Victoria, is a lot more flexibility. Um, I think flexibility in uh, the workforce, flexibility in our in our um, in our lives, and also that ability to to adapt. I think um, you know necessity is really shows us what we're capable of, um, and I think this you know the last twelve months has had challenges, 
but it's also um, had some real positives. And I think people spending more time with family um, is great. I've loved when, you know, I'm doing Zoom meetings or Zoom trainings and people's children come and sit on their lap. You know, I love that. And I think that that's really acceptable these days, even through, you know, corporate environments. And um, I think that's a really good thing you know, to break down those barriers a little bit, to create a little bit more flexibility, to be a little bit more, you know, acknowledge that people have families and have kids and, and that that's okay, that they might pop their head in the back of a, you know, a Zoom meeting. So I think just, you know, the adaptability um, and that can, you know, uh, be um, interpreted however people want to interpret that. But the adaptability and flexibility in our lives, I think, is something that we can certainly take um, as a positive from this moving forward. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, I really, uh, I mean, I've been somebody who's really loved checking out the, um, you know, the celebrity, <laughs> celebrity kind of videos where they've had their kids on and things like that in ways that we haven't had uh, access to before. And I think the same thing, we've, had, we've got this insider access to our suppliers and our reps and them and their worlds and their families in a way that um, I felt like we had a bit of a distance before. And uh, as practitioners, my perception has always been uh, we're better together uh, as a profession and an industry. Working together is so much better than, you know, trying to keep one another at arm's length. And my experience of every rep that I've ever come into contact with is that they're all just trying to help you with your clients and they're all just trying to help with, um, you as a as a thriving practitioner in business and whatever resources they have at, at their hand at, on hand at that point in time they're just so so helpful and uh, I'm certain that uh, the Victorian pracs are getting absolutely everything <laughs> that they have been for this past year and I'm, I'm really excited about uh, what it looks like for the future moving forward. Yeah thank you and I think that's one of the um, you know highlights of of my role as a practitioner consultant is being able to help practitioners with, you know, with cases and with their patients and, and also in their businesses. And, and for us as a company, we're very big on education. So, you know, my role really is education and I can help, um, you know, educate around our products and our solutions, but through education and through helping um, practitioners talk through, um, you know, through cases and through patients. Yeah, and I love that. I think it's really, really important that we have um, wonderful people like you as resources at our fingertips and we shouldn't um, hold back. We should absolutely reach out when we need to, whether it is um, around education on a client, education on um, business, because you've got connections with so many other practitioners. You have, you are on the pulse of what's actually working for other people. And um, it's those, it's asking those questions and having courage to ask those questions of our practitioner consultants and reps that, that then goes, oh, I didn't, you know, I thought I was alone in the regional area of Victoria that I am, but um, somebody like Louisa can help uh, make sure that you've got the information that, you know, those thriving practitioners in the middle of Melbourne are doing. So uh, you can apply the same thing to your practice too. That's right. And even practitioners in Melbourne can feel isolated as well. So absolutely um, reaching out to, you know, your practitioner consultants um, is what we're here for. 
<laughs> Yay. Well, thank you so very much for joining us today, Louisa. Uh, in the show notes uh, is Bioconcepts links. We've got the one for the Facebook as well so that you can make sure that you are uh, on the pulse there and able to share all of the wonderful details and all the great research that comes out from uh, the Osikis. And uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing you guys at NADEX this year. Thanks, Tammy. Nice to talk to you. Thanks.